You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Um, well, I, um, I really just want to get into it tonight because I really do feel that God is wanting to bring freedom here. I could have preached a lot of different messages, and your beautiful pastors gave me free reign, and um, that can be dangerous. Um, but I think it's going to be dangerous to the devil. Because as I was praying and believing for tonight's service, I really felt to lean into freedom. And um, I, I want to share a few, whoa, hello world. Um, I want to just share a few truths from God that I really believe is going to help to get us set free tonight. Um, God spoke to me a word, and the title of this message is called Secrets Revealed. Secrets revealed, what's hidden in darkness comes to light. And um, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're maybe in fear of something and then you wind up finding out like the whole story or you wind up finding out more of the story and then you're like, wait, what was I afraid of? See, when we, when we don't know the whole story, knowledge is power. Like, when we don't know, we can be in fear of things. And then, but once it's revealed, when it comes to light, we're like, oh, my goodness. And I think about that in our lives. That's what, what freedom is like. Is like, if we can know the story behind the story, if we can begin to search out some of the things of why am I in fear? Why do I have these cycles of pain or trauma or things happening to me? What's behind that? If we can get to that place, then it's really easy actually to tell a demon to leave, to come out of agreement with a lie that we believed. I will always be this way. I'm never gonna trust anyone again. If we can break those agreements, but we've got to know the story behind the story, right? Yeah. It's kind of like this. Um, years ago, and when I bought my first house, I um, can remember I was, you know, just getting ready one morning, and I was getting ready to leave the house, and I opened the door, and I kind of looked down, and you know how you have the welcome mat in the front? And I had my little welcome mat, and I saw this, like, little, like, rat's tail, and I'm like, <gasps> and I literally, like, typical, like, girl moment, and I freak out. I am sweating. I am freaking out. I'm like, there is a rat under the mat of my house, and I literally just slam the door shut, and I'm inside my house, and I'm freaking out, and I'm like, I can't get out of my house. <laughs> and so I'm like, what do I do? Okay, what do I do? And I, like, couldn't, I was so, I, I'm like, I know I need to like move, but I couldn't do it. So I'm like in my house and I'm like, well, I'm just going to wait it out. How long is it? How long is it going to stay there? It's got to go at some point. So I'm like waiting it out. No joke. I missed my first meeting. I'm changing my schedule for the morning. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Like at some point I'm like, okay, I've got to get out of my house. Like this is ridiculous. I'm giving my own self a pep talk. Like you can do this, Stacey. You just, you just, just. Get that mat off and get the rat out. You can, you can do this. So I give myself like the biggest pep talk of my life. And I open up the door and I'm like, okay. And I just, just throw off the mat. And I look down. It was a stick. Yeah. Like a, a stick. 
two hours of my life stolen from me because I was in fear of something that wasn't real. I was in fear of something that wasn't actually the story. It wasn't actually true, but I thought it was, and my mind began to make up stories in my head, and it drove me to retreat inside my home and not break out because of something that wasn't real. I was watching... um, some shows I had taken um, a few weeks off when I moved into my new home, and it was so amazing, and I, um, you know, was, had a little bit of time, so I was, I was watching these, this series, and has any, anybody ever heard of The Blacklist? Okay, if you have not, great binging moments, okay? And if you know anything about The Blacklist, the main, one of the main characters, his name is Raymond Reddington, and Raymond Reddington is like stealth, It's like the whole world can be in total chaos. And Raymond Reddington, he is just completely stealth. And in one of the episodes, he said this. He said he he had an apprentice that he was teaching. And as the world is going upside down and and it's it's crazy times, his apprentice was freaking out. And he looks at him in the face and he says, fear is a liar and it activates the enemy. And I thought, isn't that a true statement? It's not, some things are not real. It's fear is a liar, but it, ha, it has an ability to activate all kinds of havoc in our lives. But we don't have to live under that, do we? Fear mixed with a partial story can steal years of our life if we, if we let it. But I really believe we can get free tonight from those types of things. And when I talk about freedom, I want to be really clear. This is what I think we can be free from. We do not have to live tormented, depressed, angry, cynical, harsh, addicted, feeling rejected, living in grief, pain, playing the same scenario over and over in our head with nothing changing, living trapped in the past, can't seem to move past what happened, moving from one trauma to the next, living chaotic, confused in poverty or lack, broken relationships, whatever it is that is stealing your peace, I believe with all of my heart, we can be totally and completely set free. And through this message, you're going to find that I'm not asking us to put our head under the pillow and not peek out. I'm not pretending that very real life doesn't happen to us all. But I am saying that if we can find a place in God where we actually see behind what's actually happening, we can have complete and total freedom. And I saw this happen in a story in 2 Kings, and I want to read it to you. It says this, 2 Kings 6, 8 through 16. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It is not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha the prophet in Israel tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your own bedroom. 
Go and find out where he is, the king demanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dotham. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning, he went outside. There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Okay, let's break this down a little bit. First of all, the Lord was revealing secret strategies to Elisha, to the Christian, to the man who was praying. So when we pray, are we praying and listening? Because God can reveal the strategies of the enemy. That evil king was talking strategy with his peeps in his bedroom, and the Lord was listening. And when Elisha prayed, the Lord revealed to Elisha the evil scheme. How many of us, we're struggling, we're in pain, we're in torment, we've got a real situation. Do we first stop and pray? God, oh God, what is really happening here? What's the strategy of the devil? What is the devil? What is this darkness? What is this evil trying to do to take me out? God, reveal, show me. Second, Elisha's servant. I find this fascinating. He walks outside and he was terrified, and rightly so. He sees all these armies, chariots, horses coming to take him and Elisha out. It's a real life story. There are times where it's real. We open the, there is real life happening. The servant was terrified, but Elisha was not. Why? Why? Because the servant was looking through his physical eyes. He could see the horses and the chariots. Elisha could see not only with his physical eyes, but he could see into the spiritual realm. And when he looked out there, he didn't just see the physical horses. He saw the angel armies of God surrounding the place. And he's like, servant, he's like, you have nothing to be afraid of. There are more on our side than on the enemy's side. And then how extraordinary of Elisha. He prays this prayer. Oh God, let my servant's eyes be open. This is my prayer. I want people to see the things that I get to see when I don't just look in my natural eye, but I can look through the spiritual eyes of heaven and see the real story. Do you know that we cannot just see the physical realm that we are in, but we can see the spiritual? We are body, spirit, and soul. And when Elisha prays that prayer, how amazing of God. He answers him, and he does it. He shows the servant that there are more on their side than on the enemy's side. And if you go on to read this story, it is extraordinary. What God begins to do in that situation blinds that army, and, and they get taken out, and Elisha, like, it's, um, it's extraordinary. But I really believe through this story and through the principles of God, that's, that's the opportunity that we have. To have God reveal to us the secret strategies of the enemy 
And then to pray, God, show me what's really happening here. And he does so that we can take our enemies out. Anybody with me? Okay. So first, my first point is this. God wants to reveal truth amongst all the stories. And we've seen a lot of them in today's world. Amongst all of it, God wants to reveal secrets. He wants to reveal the truth. My question to you tonight, and we can filter the entire message through this. Are we searching in the right places? And are we searching through the right filters? Because God wants to reveal truth. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search them out. That's our job. We're going to search these things out. Luke 8, 17. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. Colossians 1, 26. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. If we are Christians, that is us. 1 Corinthians 2.10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, not just through the natural eye. We have to see these things through the Spirit of God, and then we will see the truth. And how many of us right now in our world, big world and inner world, are searching for truth? These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. I really believe tonight that not only on a big grand scale of God revealing truths that we need to know about, which he is, and it's amazing. I believe personally tonight, as we begin to search out the things of God, he's going to show us our truths. He's going to show us what we need to break through the things that have been holding us up from the very promises that God has given to each and every one of us. And here's the thing. I think that sometimes we think that all of our struggles, like, that's not normal for Christians. Can, can I help us tonight? <laughs> it's normal. Struggles are normal. People a lot of times are like, you don't want to pray the prayer, search me, oh God, because we're like, what will he find? <laughs> We're kind of like, you know, oh, maybe don't search that much. <laughs> I think of um, King David. And I love King David because he, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. Now, in the beginning of stories of David, I can get on board with that. I'm like, yep, courageous, takes down Goliath, believes when everybody else doesn't believe. But if you go on to read about the story of David, I'm like, are you sure? That statement is correct because David had so many ups and downs. And David, even in, in one of his downs, he, you know, slept with a, a married woman and then he has her husband killed. Don't do that. Start there. But also, I'm kind of like, God, David, a man after your own heart. David's the one that said, search me, oh God. If you find any wicked way among me, search me. And God says of David that he was a man after his own heart. I'm like, do you know the reality of that man? I'd be like, no, 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 no. Out of all of the characters of the Bible, the people of the Bible, don't choose David. It's, it's God showing us. Look, we're real human beings 
We go through real stuff. I love the story of David because it shows us that we're that 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 even the ones that that God pulls in so close, they are not some version of perfect. They are not morally pristine at all times. That gives me hope. That in our ups and downs, in our darkness, in our pain, when we've lost, I'm not saying I'm not giving license to sin and to do things, but I'm just saying that that even when we've messed up, we can still stand before God and not worry about what he's about to find. Let me say this. Okay, so I made reference to, that's one of my favorite verses, Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, wherever fear came in. And see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. When I did my research on that verse, do you know that the word search in that particular passage of scripture in Hebrew is the word often used to describe the way miners search deeply for gold. So when we are saying, search me, oh God, we don't have to hide back because when we say, search me, oh God, God in heaven is coming in and going, oh, I'm going to search and I'm going to find amongst the dirt and the rubble and the sin and the mess, I'm going to find the gold that I placed right on the inside of you and I'm going to extract that gold and I'm going to tell you who you really are and I'm not going to let the devil lie to you anymore. I'm going to break that stuff off of your life. I'm going to show you who you are because he's our designer. He's our creator. He put the talent, gifting, ability, personality on the inside of us when we say search me oh God there's nothing to hide from in fact we push forward because we're like he's gonna find the gold that I don't see right now because I've messed up search me oh God it takes on such a different meaning doesn't it I love it because when we when we do that before the Lord and he begins to reveal the real story the truth behind what maybe has happened to us or is happening in present time he gives us, he tells us who we are so that we can begin to deal with those things in a really real way. And then we see things differently. Elisha, the servant, it was the exact same war. It was the same present enemy. But when he saw things through the eyes of God, everything changed. Same situation, different filters, changes everything. We need God filters. Can I get an amen? Number two, we cannot find truth and healing from the world. It has none to give. I believe we're all here because of that, but I want to take it just a little bit deeper. We cannot find truth and healing from the world. It has none to give. This is what Romans 12, 2 says. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is pleasing and perfect. Change the way that you think. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. I think that sometimes when we can't see clearly, when we can't see what's ahead, maybe some of the world got in us. Because the world is chaotic. The world is really messed up. When you, when you, when you go away from the truth of God, you do not find peace and joy. You find chaos and torment. And I was really thinking about this because... Um, 
I've been just meeting so many people and chatting with people and, and learning the story behind the story and began to realize just how much the world has lied to them. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I need you to read the word of God. I need you to spend time with God. I need you to see through the eyes of God because then you're gonna see so clearly. And here's the thing about the world. World can't give you salvation. It can't give you healing. It doesn't have it in it. And, and I came across a, a, a true story of, um, uh, how many people know Elon Musk? Um, I get sucked into these stories sometimes um, from like Goldcast, I think it's called. And it's like, I love anything like human nature stories, like tell me what's behind, what's behind that, what's behind, you know? Um, and so anyways, um, one of these stories kind of came across and I was reading it and it was Elon Musk's first wife, uh, Justine. And she said this, she said, um, she was inter being interviewed by a journalist and, and the journalist said, oh, I understand that you have had... Um, you know, five children, and he's kind of going into the story, and she stops him, and she says, actually, I've had six children. And he said, oh, I, I didn't know that. She said, yeah, Elon and I um, had a child, but um, at 10 weeks, I believe, uh, the child passed away, SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. We don't really know why. And he said, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And she began to share about her grief and her pain. There's real pain, there's real grief in the world. She went through a very real thing. And then she said this. She said, you know, after it happened, Elon, he just, he just went to work. And then he kept working more. Many of us don't deal with the real traumas. We don't deal with the real pain. We just, let's get on with life. Let's do it. But at some point, that pain is going to come up. At some point, that trauma is going to begin to cloud the things. And she said, and they said, well, what did you do? And she said, well... Um, you know, what, what I've done is I, I went to something called Burning Man, and I, I tried to get rid of my, my grief there. And she said, you know, at, at Burning Man, um, it's this place in the, in the desert, and, and I went there, and, and you know, it, it's this creative place, and, and, and they build these temples, and, and in one of the temples, um, I, each year for about six years, I took the name of my baby and I would place that baby's name into that temple. And at the end of the festival, we would, the, we would burn the temple. And she said, you know, and so I did that for about six years. And he's, okay. And she said, he said, well, has that helped you? And she goes, yeah, you know, it gave me a, a level of being okay. And I, I'm listening, like I'm reading the story and I'm like, this is what the world has to offer? a level of, what are you, what are you, like she has real grief. She has real pain. There's a real spirit at work. How is she getting healed, saved, like, like she can, like there's a place. And I did some more research on, on Burning Man because I was just so intrigued. <laughs> I'm gonna share a part of what that is just for those of us that were a little bit naive like I was, most of you probably Aren't, but anyways, I Googled it and I also spoke to someone who was there multiple times. He's now redeemed and healthy and whole and amazing. Um, but he was sharing with me some of the stories and, and I want to share it because I want us to understand, like I, I understand, like it's a real world out there and this is where people are going. Burning Man is an annual week-long experiment festival. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be part of any more experiments. Sam. Uh, Sam. 
An experiment festival, it's held in Nevada, it's in the desert, there's about 100,000 people that go. 100,000 people that are in pain and hurting. It's dedicated to anti-consumerism. I found that hilarious because it costs $400 a ticket, $100 to park, and $45 million budget a year. Anti-consumerism. It offers no food, no shelter, no running water. Clothing is optional. What, what is said festival providing? There is real art, apparently. Okay. There are artistic performances, installations, music, lots of partying, where you're encouraged to express yourself. People are usually on drugs. There's all sorts of perversion. It's dedicated to sexual immorality. Um, they have orgy camps. Like, this is the world. The average attendee is 35 years old. And they said, but often you'll also find the elderly and children there. This is the environment. The age struck me because I'm like, this isn't 17 year olds that are just hanging out, trying things. These are real people in real pain, searching for truth. The festival is founded on the principles of radical inclusion but only if you believe in their radical beliefs. The idea and the philosophy behind the festival was built and based on one of the founding members. And this is what it was based on. She had a horrible breakup with a boyfriend. And she took her friends and they went to San Francisco Bay and they built a statue of her ex-boyfriend and they all got together and they lit it on fire. Anger is the founder. Bitterness is the founder of the burning man. And because she felt a level of what she experienced of letting go or not letting go of of the anger and the hurt, they decided to create a festival around it. So burning man is now a legacy of anger and bitterness and hurt and sadness and pain that they try to heal with man's own hand. The festival culminates with two burnings. On Saturday night, there's a festival of the temple man. It was built, they build it, then they burn it to the ground to continue the legacy of bitterness and anger. On Sunday night is the temple burn. People place cards, pictures of dead people, names, disappointments, hurts, sadnesses inside of the temple. The people that have been there told me that there are tens of thousands of these gods. And then everybody gathers together and they light it on fire. This is what the world has to offer. Man trying to heal man by just burning it up and let it go. Now, I found it really interesting because we have Emerge happening, do we not, men? And one would think, well, isn't it like, kind of like that in, in the sense of, not all the, all the crazy, but in the sense of 
At the end of Emerge, it culminates, right? People write all of their sadness, their hurts, their, their, their pains, the things that they've been fighting against. They, they write those down on, on, on wood that they carry throughout the, the conference, and it, it culminates at the end with, with tossing into the fire. You could say, well, it's the, similar, it's the same thing. It's not at all the same thing. Because that Emerge... Emerge has been seasoned with people that have been praying, believing of the one true God that can actually break every yoke, break every chain, bring restoration, bring healing, restore families. And how do I know that? Because we have all the miracles standing here today, because we have miracle stories day after day, giving testimony of restoration and healing anointing. They are not getting, I got a level of healing. They come in here and they are telling their stories. They come back from Emerge and we're watching legacy of family restoration because we don't worship an idol, the idol of man. We worship at the feet of Jesus who is our healer. And here's the thing. I think that my third point is this, be on the right side of power. Be on the right side of power. Because power is real. There is real darkness, as we've described, and there's real power in the light of heaven, just like we saw in the story of Elisha and the servant. What side are we on? Are we operating in the dark arts? And we can joke, but this is real stuff. I meet people all the time in church that have come in. Oh, I'm just believing in good vibes. I'm, um, I'm... You know, these, these crystals, people are putting their faith in glass. I'm like, oh gosh, there's something so much better. People are putting their faith in tarot cards and psychics. and Just stuff that isn't real. Like that's not going to bring them true healing. I was talking to one day on... Um, in, in, in church and service and it was the end of um, service and people were coming forward to you know to get prayer and this one lady came forward and she said um, hey I, hey my name is such and such and um, I'm a witch and I'm like wow how did you, that's an amazing way to introduce yourself <laughs> like I'm Stacy and let me tell you I'm like okay I'm like ah, I'm Stacy and um, she's like I'm I'm so and so and and I'm a witch and I'm like oh, wow um, hold on just one second like any good pastor I ran and got another pastor <laughs> and uh, I was like two at a time people two at a time and so um, so I ran and got beautiful pastor Pammy Strickler yeah And she can attest to this very true story. <laughs> and so we began to ask a series of questions to the witch. And the first one was like, why are you here? So, so what brings you here? Why are you here? And she said, well, I was passing by and I, I felt power. I said, yes, yeah, there's power here. And she, I said, well, what are you doing here? And she said, well, the thing is, is that I have power too. And I said, great, um, how's that working for you? And she said, um, she said, well, it's kind of the reason I'm here. And I said, oh, what's going on? And she said, well, listen, I am really rich. I have lots of money. And you know what? She wasn't lying. 
She was dressed to the nine. She had diamonds and gold, and they looked real, I can tell. As a good woman can. And I'm like, she shows me, she's like, you know those sweepstakes that people can win? She's like, I won that. Shows me a picture, it's her holding a million dollar check. She said, I have riches. She said, I can have any man that I want. Relationships. And she said, but the thing is, is that I have all the riches, but they seemingly fall through my hand like quicksand. I can have any man or relationship that I want, but I have no love. I have power, but I, it takes from me and it always wants more. And I don't know how far it's going to go and I'm getting scared. And so beautiful Pastor Pam and I began to share with her the truths of God. And we said, you know what? There is real power here. And it's the light and the love of God. And the thing about the power of God and Jesus is it's not a power that takes, it gives. In fact, God gave His only begotten Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for all our sins so that we can live in freedom and in peace. We offered it to her that day and we had a lot of interesting conversation. She wasn't ready on that day to give her life over to God. She wanted to hold on to what she was going through. I believe we really um, placed some beautiful seeds into her life and I, I pray that she got freedom. But I say that to say, we need to ensure that we are on the right side of power. And the power of God is the one that when we pray and we say, search me, oh God, and reveal to me the strategies of the enemy that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy what's rightfully mine, every promise, every good gift from heaven above, peace that surpasses understanding, joy that should come every morning. That even when I go through stuff, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's real. That darkness is real and present at times, but if God can show us a facet of what's behind that, what's the spirit behind that? What's the thing that I came into agreement with? What's the cycle and pattern I've been involved in? Well then, when we get clarity, when we get wisdom, when we get revelation, that thing is easy to break. It's actually easy to break off and then begin to walk out the truths of God. And that's what I want for us tonight. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came up and said to them, all authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me. Believe in me. Obey my words. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining and perpetually, regardless of circumstance, on every occasion, even to the end of the ages. And then in Matthew 16, 19, it says, I will give you the keys. Do you know what the keys are? Authority. I will give you the keys, the authority of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bid forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose permit, declare lawful on earth will already have been loosed to you. My last point, we're gonna end on this and I have everybody stand to their feet. 
is my last point is ask God to reveal truth which exposes lies and sets us free. You can all stand up. There was a halfway stand. I wasn't clear. My bad. Stand up. My last point, let's ask God to reveal truth to us, which exposes lies and sets us free. I don't know about you, but I don't want any more rats that are sticks. (laughs) I'm saying, search me, God. I'm going to open up my heart. I'm not even scared. Show me what it is, God. Show me the truth. I want to get to the root of my issue so I can tell it to leave with all authority that has been given to me from heaven above on the inside of me to tell that thing to leave me alone. I'm not going to an idol. I'm not going to a man. I am going to the living God who has within himself freedom and health and healing and peace. I'm not going to a burning man. I'm not going to a temple that was resurrected by man. I'm not going to a place of false hope. I'm going to the source himself, to the one who died, who shed blood, that we would be free. So we don't have to live with shedding of blood. He did it for us. And then when we pray, He doesn't just see us. He doesn't just see our sin. He doesn't see our chaos. He doesn't see just all the havoc. He sees himself in us. He makes us perfect in that way. I want us to let God have access to each and every one of our hearts because the beautiful thing is when we do that, God can overwrite trauma with truth. He can overwrite trauma with truth. How does he do it? I'm going to walk you through a prayer. Where we invite God into the source. We don't pretend the trauma didn't happen. We don't pretend that evil at our doorstep isn't there. It's a very real battle with Elisha. But oh, when he showed us the truth. That big, massive thing, that trauma, that hardship. When we ask for divine intervention, we receive it and we can be healed and be made whole. I want you just to close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven. I I believe this is a sacred moment and I don't know if I preach this message in a way that we get, but I do believe that God is present and that he's here. And when we open our hearts to God, he's gonna expose the strategies of the devil. And I'm gonna pray the prayer that Elisha prayed. I'm gonna pray that he would reveal to you us, the servants of God, the truth. And if you are open in this place, if you can even get beyond just what you know by knowledge and allow yourself to close your eyes and see through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. If you are a Christian in this place, if you've received Jesus, then you don't need to just look through your physical eyes. You can look through the eyes of God and you can see things as they really are. I'm going to pray right now. And as I do, I want you to begin to think about that thing, that trauma, that cycle of pain, that bitterness, whatever it is, even on faithfulness, like David, whatever it is that's been the blockage, God, reveal it to us. 
We're going to know the story behind the story so we can deal with it. God, oh God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Lord, just like Elisha prayed, I pray right now you would reveal to us the truth. Speak to us, oh God, we're listening. God, we don't see ourselves just the way that we woke up this morning. Show us, oh God, who we really are. Show us today, oh God, who we really are. And then God, oh God, I pray you would begin to reveal to each and every one of us, Lord, what's been holding us back? What's been the darkness? What's been the pain? What's been the, the evil agenda and the evil spirit that has been trying to mask things in our lives, that's been trying to tell us that we have to be perfect and be some form of perfection. God, that we've been living our lives in performance and doing instead of being who you've designed us to be. What's the story, God? What has the enemy been stealing from us? God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you would reveal truth to us. And church, I wish, I wish that I could be the one to just pray it out, but we can't. It's you, it's your journey of healing. No one can live your life but you. Each of us are responsible for our journey of healing. It's our responsibility to open up our heart and our lives to the very real God who can save us and set us free. No one can do that for us, but oh, when we do. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray like David. Search my heart, oh God. Let there be no wicked way among me. Lord, what is it? Search me, oh God, that I can see the gold that you see, Father. Search me, oh God. What's the thing that's been holding me back? Let God himself begin to whisper into your heart, into your life, into his spirit. He's so kind. He's so lovely. He's not trying to rub it in our face. He's trying to find the gold. Thank you, God. I just feel his presence right now. He's revealing right now. Some people in this place, I know it's super sensitive, but I just want to be obedient to God. Even ones that have thought, well, I had an abortion. Some of you more than one. There's nothing too great for God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Don't let the enemy steal from you anymore. Marriages that have been on the rocks. There's nothing too far for God. He's a miracle working God. Some of us here have been dealing with really real sicknesses, but if we were honest, it's because we haven't forgiven that person and we've allowed bitterness to come into our hearts and it's literally rattling our bones. We release it. Come on, let's right now in the name of Jesus, let's begin to release the things that God reveals to us. Let's begin to release those things. Lord, we release them right now in the name of Jesus. We confess our sins, whatever part we had in it. We release those right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to come in and to minister to each and to every one of us, oh God. The Bible says in Acts 3.19, so repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking. 
regrets and past sins and return to God and seek his purpose for your life so that our sins may be wiped away, blotted out, completely erased, so that times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord, restoring us like a cool wind on a hot day. Lord, come in like a wind. Lord, bring in the breeze of heaven right now, oh God. Lord, as we have confessed, oh God, as we have asked for searching, oh Father, Lord, I thank you that you're anointing. Your power is released right now. Your power that sets us free. Lord, we bind and we break every spirit of darkness that has come in. Lord, we speak to you spirit of shame and fear right now, and we break bondages. We break agreements right now, and he intervals in the name of Jesus. I will surpasses understanding. We thank you for joy in our spirit. We thank you, oh God, that you are the one true God that sets us free. And when we are free, we are free indeed. Can I get a big amen in this place? Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.